Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bhatti, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique complementary system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio. I'm Atik Ahmadbhati. In today's episode, I have the good fortune to welcome Tracy Simpson of Homeopathic Farm Services, which is based in Tirau in New Zealand. And like it was with Tanya Twentyman, who was on the show recently, Tracy is also on another level. And what I mean by that is that I'm actually talking to her today and she is talking to me from tomorrow. I think that's back to the future in some sort of reverse mode, isn't it, I think? (laughs) Now, I became aware of Tracy and her work through Pat Ahern, the homeopath farmer from Cork in Ireland, who was on the show recently. Tracy is a dairy farmer and a user of and strong advocate for homeopathy and runs homeopathic farm services alongside her existing dairy farm, which is based in Wautu. Tracy, it's an absolute delight to have you on the Homeopathy Health Show today. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me, Artik. I really look forward to today's session, actually. How, how have you been and how's the weather? Um, I've been well, thank you. No, I've been very well. And the weather here in New Zealand, well, today, finally, we've got a, a bluebird day, you'd probably say. It's beautiful and sunny, not a cloud in the sky. So that's um, quite a change for how it's been. It's been extremely wet. I think we've had our wettest year in 30 years uh, well second wettest year in 30 years for the past um, yeah 12 month period um, so yeah lovely to see the sun today I think everyone enjoys that animals as well mm. absolutely it's like that in the UK we've had so much rain this year and uh, now the sun is shining and I've been able to tinker about in the garden grow some beautiful petunias and fuchsias <laughs> and marigolds uh, so yeah, it's 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 really nice. <laughs> it makes a change, doesn't it? And everybody smiles, don't they? <laughs> With the yeah, sound. no, they do. And I think just um, farming, you know, nothing does very well in, in weeks of, of wet weather, you know, kind of thing. So and especially for that, like we're just so sodden. Our water table is really high here in New Zealand. And um, yeah, so it's just great to see. I mean, the ground temperature is still quite high. So that, that's really good, you know, but um, yeah, just need the sunlight to get the you know, grass growing again. Tracy, mm. I wanted to ask you how or what life is like growing up on a dairy farm, because I know that you spent, well, all of your life on a dairy farm. So what is that actually like to experience? I mean, of course, I know being in New Zealand, it's such a beautiful part of the world surely that helps anyway but uh what's what's the ins and outs of 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 that on a daily basis 
Oh, gosh. Well, dairy farming's changed so much, really, from when I was a young, you know, child. So, yeah, growing up on a dairy farm here in New Zealand, we were based on in the Waikato, and it was my uh, grandfather's farm, and then my dad went on to um, share milk it back in the 1970s. I had a fabulous upbringing, really did. You know, I was the I was the one child in that in the family that would, um, what would you say, probably fake an illness to stay at home to help them to help them um, do hay. You know, which really just consisted of just driving around next to you know your dad in the truck or burning up and down um, the paddocks on your motorbike and not really lifting a hay bale as such, but just being around them. It was fabulous. Yeah, and the, and the silage and all of that. Like they were quite big back in the day um, before contractors came along. So and Dad had three hundred cows. So in the nineteen seventies, that was quite a big big you know kind of um, herd. Most often it was 150 to 200, 250 maybe, but um, yeah, he was 300. So, you know, fairly large numbers for, for that kind of era. And he was probably at the start of the, what would you say, the commercial fertiliser era, you know, where they started to kind of um, utilise a whole lot more of that um, fertiliser coming on so he could allow for a bit more stock, I suppose you'd probably say. Um, really, but no, it was great. We, um, I had a, a fab- fabulous upbringing. Started milking cows when I was ten years old, actually. And Dad had a low line, so it was two, you know, it was like a thirty a side, but a double up. Um, often you get like a rotary or a hearing bone. It was a hearing bone, but it was just like sixty cups as opposed to thirty. So it was a really mm. fast shed, and um, you'd um, milk in a really kind of fast manner. So it didn't feel like you had three hundred cows kind of to get through as such, you know. So, um, yeah, no, really enjoyed that and kind of dad sold the farm when I was about 13, 14 and he ended up doing dry stock for a few years. And, um, yeah, we were kind of off the farm and when it was one August holidays, I was probably about 15, uh, 16, I think, and he had a whole lot of calves come on and I just spent the whole entire time just helping dad with calves and just realising, you know, that reinforcing that love for the for the animals really. So it was great. And after that, I kind of went back to school and just didn't really want to be there. So I actually just ended mm. up getting a job on a dairy farm and leaving, I think, the day after I turned 17. So it was wonderful, you know. So kind of born and bred on a dairy farm and then went dairy farming for a couple of years um, after that and just thoroughly enjoyed that. Just just been out with the stock. And, I mean, that was in the early 90s by that point. Um, and it was, yeah, a, just a really nice lifestyle, isn't it? You know, you still kind of could feel back then it probably was a little bit more of a lifestyle um, as opposed to, you know, the last kind of 10, 15 years, whereas it's it borderlines whether it is a lifestyle because it's 24 seven, isn't it? <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, farming. no doubt. Mm. Yeah. But it must be, um, it, it, it's, it's wonderful to know because the, the despite what you've just said, of course, it's very, very, very busy indeed. But there's mm. an element of calmness there, isn't it? Yeah, I think the thing is, like even I say to our, you know, anyone who comes on with our team, you know, you've got to like the animals to enjoy dairy farming. You know, it is such a, you know, earlier times people would think, oh, look, any kind of dummy would go dairy farming, but not in today's realm, you know, it's so different. You know, it's it's a full-on business um, and, you know, you've got to be so many things all rolled into the one. But I think above all and beyond, you know, you, you must have a love for the outdoors and for the animals because that's what gets your, I dare say, your bum out of bed in the morning to go check on your stock. Because without the animals, you don't have anything. So to me, in my way of thinking, you know, they generally kind of come first. 
yeah so that love of, of animals is is really important and and even do I guess even for me like if my husband goes fishing and comes back and there's a whole different smell associated with it isn't it just it's just those little kind of interest um intricacies that you kind of know yourself where you, you know you get out in the mob of animals and yeah it's beautiful I really enjoy that I love seeing my stock mm, out Wonderful. there how big is the um the land itself uh, for your farm as such so what we've got here right now um, is one is 140, what would it be, 140 hectares and the other one's about 130 hectares that we're overseeing and then there's a couple of runoffs around the 25 hectare mark. Um, so we run just under 700 cows now and we have our young stock on as in just our calves, you know, from, you know, zero to R1. So for their first year of life, they stay with us. And then our heifers, so our R2s, or R1s to R2s, they um, they go off grazing. So, yeah, so, no, it's good. I mean, our where we are, we're quite kind of high. We're 260 metres above um, sea level. Um, and it's a really lovely area, South Waikato. It's kind of, you know, it's quite hilly. One of the farms has got 40 hectares of sidelings, which is, you know, that's challenging in itself. Um, but overall, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Not, nice area. You know, those wide open spaces, they're just in ground in you. You know, you really enjoy that, just getting away mm. from the city, away from the, the concrete, you, you know, you'd probably say, and just being out with the, yeah, out in the, just in the, in the land. It's, it's good. Mm. Now, alongside dairy farming, of course, uh, you have done five years of vet nursing, which, uh, of course, is fabulous. A uh, lot of uh, time commitment there needed, eh? Yeah, yeah, that was a good period. That was after I kind of went, left school to go dairy farming and then had the opportunity to go into vet nursing. Um, started my training there um, at one of the polytechnics and managed to get a job. When I was at school, actually, I uh, used to go into our local vets and work there in just one afternoon a week just to basically be around the animals. It was kind of all I did really was cleaning. <laughs> you know, a lot of them had gone by then, but you kind of got to see some of the odd surgeries, maybe if there was an accident or something, you know, and then in the holidays I'd go on and spend time. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. I actually managed to get a job there and, yeah, kind of ran that vet nursing side. It was just me and, and one of the other vets there. So I spent a few years there at um, over in the bay and then we ended up I managed to um, get another job over in Hamilton in a clinic there and the vet that I worked with he was the greyhound vet um, so we did a lot of um, you know surgery on on ligaments and, and things like that with the greyhound racing and we actually took on uh, well he took on the SPCA contract and that was um, that was challenging. That was really interesting. And again, just you know, if you'd just known homeopathy, it would have made such a big difference because, especially with the SPCA work, you know, there's a lot of tragedies in there, and you know, a lot of you were dealing with um, you know dog fights and and things like that. And so, just seeing mm. these animals kind of come through. So yeah, look, the, those years it was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Really thoroughly enjoyed those years vet nursing, and it just gave you an insight into small animals really you know mm. which leads me on to your introduction to homeopathy itself and actually a very interesting experience which uh, you, you've shared with me of course before the before the podcast today um, and this was in 1999 with 300 cows and the remedy chalidonium 
So I'll let you fill in the uh, the mm-hmm. blanks and everything else that I've missed out. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a fabulous remedy, that chalidonium, organ support. Yeah, I um, we'd gone she milking and it was our first, um, first herd and it was just an absolute shambles, you'd probably say. A lot of them, we didn't realise at the time, we were a little bit younger and had no idea and we had to buy the herd on the dairy farm and it was a whole herd of juicy cows. We'd only really kind of had Frisians and Dad used to have the odd juicy. So it was quite new, but... Anyway, look, we started calving and we just had some really sick animals, you know, extremely sick. Some would calve and six weeks later, they'd go off their milk. Some would calve and a few days later, they'd be dead. And we just couldn't work it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And having spent five years vet nursing, talking to the vets, you know, about, gosh, what, what are we doing? Because you were basically losing losing your animals. And it was just lots of B12 and giving them hay and supporting them through. There's not much you could do once they had determined that it was actual facial eczema damage. Even if you see one or two cows, with actual clinical signs of facial eczema, you know, you know, there's a good 10 to 15 percent throughout your herd that you don't see, you know, because it affects actually the liver. Now, the liver will rejuvenate to a point, but just how far you just don't know. And often when they're heavily pregnant, they'll actually kind of live off the calf's liver. And then once the calf is born, that's when, you know, it can be a bit of a tipping point for the cows. So we basically nursed our way through that um, first kind of calving and into that kind of summer. And um, I was introduced, my sister-in-law said to me, I should go see a homeopath for myself, actually. I can't even think what that was over, something to do with me. And I had no idea even what they were. And she was like, oh, it's just a natural kind of way of, you know, kind of um, helping you. And it's not so much, you know, medicine-based. It's just like with like, I think she was kind of saying to me. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, oh, she does animals as well. And I was like, oh, rightio, I just still had really no clue. So I went, made an appointment and went along to see Tenika Vukade and did, a you know, an hour and a half with her talking about whatever was going on with me. And then she said, at the end, you know, how are your animals? And I said to her, terrible, and told her the story with a facial eczema. So she said, oh, would you be interested in trying, you know, something? I said, oh, of course. So she, you know, you're kind of at that stage of being a bit desperate. And um, so she got, got this bottle of chalidonium and went home. And she told me how to administer it just via the trough. And yeah, it was just a game changer for us. You know, like you went out as usual, you know, when you first get your first bottle of homeopathy, you often get the administration details wrong. And that was at the stage where she had, she'd just tell you, you know, um, nothing on the bottles at all and so I think I dosed for like a good three weeks you know before I actually realized oh gosh was I meant to stop that after four days so I kind of carried on going and when I rung Tenika all in a bit of a panic and she said well how are your cows and I said well actually they look really good you know they um, were dried off by then and that I mean they were scouring they were quite dirty around the back end but they actually just looked better their eyes seemed brighter they were actually were weight gaining it was just I couldn't quite put my finger on it but there was a change you know there definitely was a change and that next carving you know we didn't lose anything and that was amazing compared to the previous year of losing you know at least 10 that I can recall and then but not only that just the the sick ones that you managed to get on the truck before you know like it was just so depressing when it, that's your stock and your first year share milking um but anyway so and that was the first start of um yeah my introduction to homeopathy funny enough and then for the time we started carving in the following July um you know I was ringing her saying well what have you got for mastitis or what have you got for I think we might have had you know a couple of pinched nerves or something and and so it just went from there and I think I got through to the first uh well the following February 
before I treated one cow of penicillin, you know, because they just were uh, basically, you know, all kind of treating with um, homeopathy and having such a good result. It was fabulous. I didn't actually have to use hardly any penicillin. Um, and that was, yeah, such a game changer. It was really awesome, actually. So we were there for seven years. And, um, yeah, just nothing was too much of a problem for the stock. You know, once we got onto homeopathy and did a bit of both, um, certainly um, there was times that you needed the conventional, um, you know, medicines. But homeopathy really, yeah, was a complete success there. Mm, it was good. What do you remember about, what was that feeling like? I mean, what were you thinking when Chelidonium showed its healing properties? And did you attribute it to homeopathy? Or were you at that time thinking, I wonder, was it that? Was it not? You know, how did that work? It must have raised uh, so many questions, right? It did, it did. But what it did, Artek, was actually just made me realise that I want to know more about this. You know, like if that could be such a big change on my cows that we'd battled with for a year, uh, yeah, there was yeah, there was nothing else that had gone into that. That was definitely the chalidonium, you know, because that's it's an interesting question that you say that because often, and even today's time, you know, you still get the odd client go, well, the weather came right, so I don't know if it was the remedy of the weather or, or something, you know. And but the best thing with animals is that they don't lie to you, do they? You know, mm. that they actually just don't lie to you. And, and that's really heartening in a world where they always want to uh, look on the negative side of homeopathy or attribute to something else. So that's the best thing. And that's what I say to people now. I've got quite a good few friends that are vets and different things. And, yeah, some of our conversations can be like, well, the animals don't lie, like something changed and you can see it in their whole demeanour whether you're treating them on a mental, emotional, you know, kind of level or if it's more therapeutic, you just see it in the stock, you see it in the animals. And I think that's just a game changer. And so for me, it took me, well, what was that, 99, I started training in 2008. I had kids over that period. So it took me, you know, another 10 years before I managed to kind of get trained. But I just needed to know more. Like, what was this stuff, you know? And I, I used to work at the local pub over that period too. And so there was lots of farmers down there. And so we just discuss cows all day long, you know. It was kind of, I'm a bit like that. And, um, you know, and then I'd say what I'm using and they're like, oh, is that like that witchy stuff, you know? So you kind of always attribute it to that. But I'm like, no, not at all. But yeah, it, it's um, as I say, just animals can't lie. It was, it was just so, it was just enthralling for me to see that. It was just an absolute game changer. Like you know, I've been brought up very conventional, very conventional on on every level. And even um, you know, my mum used to say like, "What is it that you do?" You know, like she still couldn't even figure out when I got trained. Like, Why do you want to do that? You know. Mm. <laughs> It's funny, it's hard case, that whole um, thought process towards homeopathy, you know, you think it's been a, one of the oldest medicines, but it's still relatively new. Um, and, yeah, and sometimes for people it's amazing. But once you start saying a few different remedies, then they go, oh, right, you know, it'll something. Or, or my grandmother or my mother used to give us the old thing. You know, it always kind of worked, but I never knew what that was. That's kind of what you get, you know, with humans. But, you know, with animals, yeah, it make, can make such a big difference. Hey? It's, it's great. Mm. I like the way you said that with humans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes without saying what you're doing is so admirable. And um it it's the good work that you're doing, uh, which actually is it's almost self-promoting because when people see healthy livestock, healthy cows, then naturally the question must arise, 
what are you doing, which is so different to ours. And and that's where homeopathy, of course, comes in. And, uh, you know, well, times are changing now when you, I'm sure you've seen before, perhaps where it was very much, what is this? Now it is quite open and people are willing to to hear about it and to, whether or not they use it, it's totally different, but they're willing to understand it and think, oh, okay, there is something there. And, you know, that, that you never know in a couple of years, the same person who's who's asked you that or several people, everyone has their own time, right? But they always will come back and they think, okay, let me try this because, um, you know, Tracy's been tr- using it and, and we've seen the results. So uh, it, the example speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And and that's it, because I often think, you know, that you're a little bit alternative, that you're going to look a little bit hippified, that you're just kind of on a different level, you know, and um, and I still get the odd questions. And it's really funny at field days and things. And we'll go, oh, yeah, like, does it not so much now, but you get like, oh, does it really work? And you, I've just got to be a bit careful because I tend to roll my eyes a bit and think, well, Christ, do you think I'd be standing here with the business if it didn't work, if we didn't get results? Like, I am kind of results driven, you know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there's just some things that you can't quite explain and you just have to let that go sometimes. Often around farmers about, you know, they've got 300 cows in, in one paddock and you're telling me to put like a cat full. Is that it? You know, I get this kind of question mm. um, quite often. I go, yeah. And they go, really? And I go, yeah, just give it a go. And the animals will tell you, you know, the results, you know, that, that you, you'll see that. And that's why we repeat it. It's a lot of, like, especially now, you know, it's a lot of um, training and just really building their trust and that what they've chosen to do for their animals will have a good effect. You know, that that's really important for, for farmers because if you're going to go, you know, go into a certain field, you want to know that you're going to get results. And sometimes, you know, as I often say to my, you know, the people who we deal with is, listen, I'll give you a guideline because <clears throat> it's quite different from treating humans, obviously. I'll give you a guideline, you know, over this is how I think it should go. Um, but your animals ultimately will tell us, you know, it's going to show, you know, for every action, there will be a reaction. It's just which way, you know, will it go? And I'm probably thinking more or less around that mastitis and, and even some of the remedies we're using now, you know, as opposed to maybe what Tenica would do, but we're certainly going a little bit more into the combinations, you know, because, I think um, in today's world, like where my father, you know, father was farming, you know, 30, 40 years down the track, it's quite different. And the layers are quite, uh, I think, well, I'm, I'm not too sure, but it seems a lot more heavier in the sense of a lot more layers, that things are much more faster and, you know, they're not as relaxed as what they were and there's a lot more toxins out there. So I think with some of the combinations, um, you know, and often with cows, they're not just actually eating pasture. Now, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, DDG, palm kernel, or a lot of boredom mixes, a lot of blends. You know, so I often wonder, you know, what what's the load like on the liver? You know, so we've kind of been doing quite a few different remedies and yeah, and just those combinations to, you know, so when farmers ultimately choose to go the homeopathic way that you, you get a, a result, you know, it's I'm talking that more general terms, you know, as opposed to um, that's probably more overall animal health as opposed to certain conditions that you're treating. One comes to mind that we do, which is our mineral alfalfa and chalidonium mix. Yeah, and that's worked out really well. And it's just to stimulate the liver 
at a low level constantly because it's quite different. Like we don't, we look to treat animals sometimes, you know, over a six month period because it's just those little kind of short bursts you know, of stimulus to get those results to keep them kind of well tuned because they really are athletes. And there, I do think their cellular turnover is a whole lot faster. If you see a, quite a sick animal, you know, like, oh, within 24 hours, that can change really quite fast. So you have to kind of match that intensity sometimes with some of the remedies that, that you're giving and just understanding that they are working animals, especially cows, because they get up and, and basically carve and then from then they're, they're milking all year producing milk and so you've got to support them farming's changed from just the pasture based how we used to be here in New Zealand that's actually you'd be hard hard to find someone doing just a pasture based system now a lot of it has um you know whether you've got some sort of feed system going in or you know something like that so yeah it's just interesting it's a whole different way of farming to how we used to Mm. What I noticed that was when we shifted from that original farm, we had 300 cows there and the farm owner there was really big on liming, you know, so it's a lot of calcium um, going on. And so my uh, success rate with homeopathy, I I didn't realise at the time, was actually really quite high there because I think that the farm, even though the farm had its issues and we were like a system too, so just a bit of silage and that would make everything, all our um, surplus on farm and then feed back out to the cows. Um, and when we came to this farm, and that's when I really realised the, I suppose, the the value of um, just with different farming systems and the way of the different fertilisers. And I really battled for a couple of years um, with my homeopathy here because it was just, and that's when I think it was, there was a lot of urea going into the mix here. Um, there was a lot of chemical fertiliser going into the mix, the overall cow health, because we had to sell the herd and buy a fresh herd. So I was literally starting all over again. And um, it took me a bit to kind of figure out how best to address that. Realistically, I suppose I saw my biggest gains when I managed to convince the the trust, because we went for a, a Māori trust here, to get off that fertiliser level in the sense of going more biological with the soils. Because at the end of the day, you are what you eat and there's no different from humans to animals. And so, you know, if you've ever dealt with a really sick person with homeopathy and, you know, they're filling themselves with just absolute kind of terrible foods you're you're battling there a bit you can make small grounds um, or small gains but you don't get the real successes is what you'd like to see when someone really actually looks after their body and you're just putting them back in balance as such so once we change the fertilizer program around um, here where we are and um, kind of got back and it's taken years it doesn't all happen in one year Mm. the uses of homeopathy with my cows have been so much more beneficial because it was like it took off a lot. I don't know what it did. It must have taken off a lot of chemical. And I actually went through and gave all the cows urea and potency. I should probably need to do that in a different level with maybe some of your MPK scenarios because the fertilizers at the end of the day, you know, and they say oh, it's all just nano doses, right? So it won't you know, have any effect. But look, 20 years down the track, you can see the effect on the environment. You can see the effect on everything. So mm. It does have an effect and it's just understanding that with the cows and even I, I deal with a lot of different farmers all over New Zealand you have the same battle I can understand from their perspective 
when things aren't kind of going right, you know, and, and if we even think about staph, deal with so many farmers and some guys, you know, have to, you know, staph aureus, the infection causes mm. a lot of mastitis. It's an absolute nightmare. And so some guys uh, will cull out 30 odd cows at the end of the year and go up, it's all good, it's all good, you know, dry cow earth it with antibiotics and then start calving the following year and start getting into their flush peak and realise they've got staff all back because it's just like there's that susceptibility there. And a lot of those guys are really heavy on their fertilizers and urea and all the rest of it um, kind of thing. And then you've got other farmers that you know won't cull the cows and use penicillin, but they actually use a lot of homeopathy with that. And you have such better results with that, you know, combining the two, you know, and, and it's just it's really interesting looking at the different scenarios and just understanding the different levels of intensity so in a sense the different layers I suppose what the cows have to fight with I suppose to even get some sort of actual health back for the animal as such you understand what I'm kind of saying here it's Mm. it's just been really it's been an eye-opener for me the last four years talking to so many different farmers like I can see it in in our farm but I couldn't it's just trying to put your finger on what layer you're dealing with I suppose but there's been a, a massive push now in from you know, New Zealand with this regenerative pastures and, and different scenarios. So hopefully that'll get rid of a layer of toxins, I suppose. You know, it's just interesting. Yeah. How are you finding it as far as, well, with homeopathic farm services, which of course is genius. So uh, congratulations on that. How are you reaching the farmers and what is their take on this? Are they receptive? Is it is it uh, booming? Is it uh, the awareness it is creating just the title itself. Homeopathic farm services is, is a is a question, isn't it, for anybody to say? Oh well, what's that? What are you doing here? You know. Yeah. No, that's where we have to give the main credit to Tenika Vicade. In all honesty, like her, um, you know, her foresight and and seeing this opportunity with farmers back in I think nineteen ninety seven was when she started the business um, officially. Um, you know, and just having that opening and Tinika was, was, you know, Dutch um, born and whatnot and was a registered nurse and went into homeopathy and that and, um, yeah, then built this business. So her foresight in, in saying that, you know, with the farmers has, has been amazing, you know, and then for me to kind of come in and, and buy that business off her for, well, four and a half years ago now. Um, so to pick up and someone said to me, goodness, how are you going to walk in her shoes? But big shoes to fill and I said I'm not I'm not going to even try and do that you know like it's um that was Tenika and that's what she did but no I'm just going to yeah hope we can just keep pushing homeopathy out there for the farmers um so I suppose there's a certain amount of organic farmers in New Zealand that, that kind of use it and I just spent um a couple of weeks ago went down to uh, there's some of the land court farms, um which the government run and they're all organic now and just did seminars down there but now, when you say we're farmers, we're forever getting um, always inquiries, always talking to people, um, you know, not just dairy farming, sheep farming, you know, there's the dry stock side, um, there's the dairy side, um, there's even a bit of sheep kind of coming through now, like sheep milking, that type of thing. Um, quite big around the animal, um, I suppose, the calf rearing 
um, because no one likes to pump their you know young babies full of penicillin if they don't have to that scenario and um, small small animals dogs and cats and things like that so look we're just trying to keep always keep the name out there we go to all the field days around New Zealand you know north and south and doing seminars but like I said earlier the seminars are based around just really farmer training like I even mm. know myself sometimes you don't need to know the history what's in it you just need to know what are my options when this happens which kind of products which remedies should we we be looking at so I kind of do more um, that type of seminar in the sense of Tenica's seminars just go right back into the remedies right back into um, the understanding of it and look they were really good um, and I think they served a purpose and sometimes I will do that um, but often now with farming because it's just so busy that people just need to know right where are my first four or five options what's the story with those and you know just it's kind of cementing the basics really in in some ways and obviously we've kind of teamed up a little bit with the whole health agricultural um I don't know if it's a school with Jackie and uh, Chris Auckland here in the in, in the UK obviously all over there and so we're actually promoting some of their um courses for farmers that are pretty much farmer driven which should be good so I can do a certain amount but if people want to learn a little bit more it's um, quite handy to have those kind of courses that are really around um, farmers and what they deal with daily so that that's been really helpful but the business is is going really well you know it it, it really is and we just kind of yeah just supporting all our farmers as as best as we can it's those conventional fellas that I'd like to probably get a little bit more onto um, because for me I can see with the penicillin use coming less and less that you know there's going to be a more of a need for homeopathy um, but it's just getting that trust with them and making sure that we get the right um, the right remedies. Yeah, it, it goes without saying, of course, that there's a huge cost saving as well, and that's that's only a good thing. There's nothing negative about that at all. The fact that homeopathy is working and working very very deeply and working on a on a very curative level, and then oh, you know yeah. to have that benefit, isn't it, Tracy? To to have cost saving is just great, isn't it? Yeah, and often farmers do, like they kind of say, well, how much is, you know, like trying to work it back per dose? Um, and it's just, you know, like it's it's cents per, per dose. It's not dollars per dose. So it's great. And and like I said to you earlier, the main thing is getting the results. That's what you're after. So, it, you know, it's a trusting in the product will, will do its job. And even with calf rearing, you know, that's really big here in New Zealand. And we deal with a lot of big calf rearers. And it's it's so interesting on kind of, yeah, getting them understanding one spray is, yeah, because we kind of, we are more liquid-based here. The teak, I don't know what they are like over there. Sometimes they're still using polyols, but we're um, kind of liquid-based. So have like just bottles and, and small spray bottles, and that's how we administer it, either on the mucous membranes to the animals or trough trees or via the milk. So, yeah, it, it's just, it is, it's cheap as trip, um, chips, really, and it can just make such a big difference to the animals. Well, it just does. Mm. Amazing. That moves me on, Tracy, to training of staff. Now, the reason I'm asking you this is because as a homeopath, both human and animal, as you saw your dairy farm become larger as far as the, the number of cows that you were tending to, of course, the staff are, are, are present as well. And as a result of that, uh, as a homeopath, I mean, it's something in parallel, isn't it? Uh, you've got more cattle. And as a result of that, 
of course, homeopathy is used a bit more and more. But then how did you go about uh, training the staff? Did they understand homeopathy at first? Did you have to do training sessions with them? Or was it just really, well, look, this is what it is. This is how we do it. And here's why don't you just see the results for yourself? <laughs> it's almost <laughs> a bit of, it, of all of what you just said there. So, yes, when um, we've been really fortunate in the last pro- probably few years, we haven't had so much of a changeover of staff, um, you know, which has been really good. So just, you, you know, I'm out there. Well, not this time of the year so much, but over that kind of carving mating period, I'm, I'm there every day, um, and we just kind of yeah talk through things. I mean, oh gosh, it's it is. We've had one of our staff members for close to ten years, and another guy for four or five years. So it's been quite good. So they just get a really often they just text me, you know, if I'm not there at the shed or something, you know, this is what's happening. What's the remedy kind of thing? But when we're there kind of because I do the colostrum mob. Um, so we just go through and I'm, it's really quite good because you can show them pictures and it can come to, you know, when I say pictures, you know, like what what is the milk like? What is the outer feel like? What is the cow like? And it's just really talking to them a lot, you know, through the, through the day, even just observation is key. I cannot say that enough. Just you're driving around, you know, the farm, you're, you're always looking for the cow that's not doing what everyone else is doing because that's your problem cow, the ones at the back or, or things like that. So it's just going through those real basics and right back at the start when I said to you, you know, to go farming, you've got to really enjoy this stock and when I say to them the people coming on like if you don't like the animals don't work here it's really simple like you've kind of had to get a little bit hard nosed because for a while especially when we were out at 1200 cows you know you're relying really heavily on your staff so you're wanting them to understand and often you're dealing with people that they're starting their farming career um, so they learn off your stock and off, off your gear as such so that can be quite hard work but mm. uh, you know the biggest thing is making them realize that you can always be treating with something never let an animal go you can always be treating her with something whether it's in the cow shed individually or if it's in the trough I just had to go down and look at some lane cows the other day and we've got one girl that was being more of a chronic um, and, you know, just a combination remedy every day in the trough. It's just, you know, we're constantly talking to the guys and we, because we kind of do have got a feed pad, you know, we use a little bit uh, of maize and sometimes when that ad lib on the maize, they can get quite like anything, you know, the change of diet. And so we use a bit of um, colisynthus and carbo-veg actually to change over, you know, that type of thing because they can get a little bit constipated if it's, yeah. So it's just those basics. They're really good now. And because that they see the results, they, they're they really good with it, you know, so it doesn't make it hard for me because even like some of the farmers that we deal with on through work, like, and they'll even say that, you know, the hardest thing is remembering to take that bottle with you when you go and shut the cows away, you know, because that's, that's mm. the key point mm-hmm. to be treating. Yeah. So I no, so refer I've, to you as all, all as the the staff are all the savvy homeopaths, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and it's really good because then you start like if there's an issue, you know, like sometimes you can you feel like you know in the middle of calving when you getting a lot of animals coming in you want to just boom spray Ignatia all around the shed you know settle everyone down especially when you've got a whole row of heifers or something it's, it's things like that you can always be like you're treating the animals but often you can be treating you know humans as well it's a hard case with the kids when they were growing up because they were you know with us on the farm quite a bit and if anyone would fall over or something you'd pull out your bottle of arnica that you'd been using on the cows <laughs> and they were, I'm not opening my mouth because <laughs> all they could see was <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it's quite yeah. looked quite disgusting on the outside. I just had to laugh. Yeah. From where you were many years ago, not knowing homeopathy, to where you are now, that that empowerment that's been given as a result of homeopathy surely makes you just so much more professional at dealing with, you know, your dairy farm with the everyday uh, trials and tribulations of a of a uh, of a dairy. That should be a reality show, shouldn't it? Uh, Tracy Simpson trials and tribulations of on a dairy farm or something. Eh? Uh, there's yeah. there's an idea, but. Uh, <laughs> Hmm. We can make that yeah, happen. No, if, me and my, if you talk to any of our staff, I think they'd say the same thing. We, with between me and my husband, we've kind of almost could have a little TV show, like on the farm, mm. you know, because it's just there's some crazy times and you're just so busy all the time. So yeah, no, I totally get that. You and should use social media for 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 that. Actually, you should record ten minutes a week, and uh, and just remember <laughs> the idea came from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> but uh, no. i think on all, in all honesty i know this is where we're, we're just uh, we're going off the subject but in all honesty i think i really think that would actually be very beneficial as well to the farming community around the world because you're actually videoing yourself and administering and actually the results you know whenever they may be but the fact that people actually can see that because at the moment you can either read it or you, of course, this podcast is brilliant because people can now actually hear it from you. But to see it as well on the farm itself, that's a whole new level, isn't it? Yeah, and you bring up a good point there because, yeah, one of, I know, that's probably what needs to happen. Um, I almost need like someone just following me around and just doing that because it's, it's so hard because you kind of ride in amongst it when you're, carving and then I haven't got time to pull my phone out all the time different things and we just had a scenario a couple of years ago with the calf yeah and it was just that kind of knuckle under that basic kind of thing where they're born and and whether it's a calcium phosphorus imbalance and um one of the guys brought it in and thought oh gosh you know what's going to happen with this calf look at the knuckles on it you know and um I said oh no that's easy sorted he was like oh you know, kind of didn't, you know, I said, no, no, I'll just use kelp fast. And he was like, oh, really? And then I, I got him back the next day. Like it was not even, I should have got him back that within 12 hours because the calf was 90% better. I'd just given a couple of doses of kelp fast, you know. And um, and then anyway, 24 hours later, they were dropping in some more calves. And I said, come and look at this calf. And I just pulled him out. It was just walking normally. And my guy goes, go, you want to market that? You know, <laughs> I'm like saying to him, I'm trying to, you know, it's just those basics, but it's just so busy, you know, con constantly. And I just don't even got time to kind of be standing around videoing, but I probably need to, because it would be, it would be good. Because you get so many um, views when you do video things and it's just basics. It's just so easy. And even when I was at a dairy woman's conference a couple of weeks ago, just talking to the woman about, um, administering remedies to calves and them understanding that it's actually not hard you can just bulk treat because as farmers we literally don't have time to individually spray every cow or individually you know assess every situation so we actually kind of generalize it across the board and, and it's the same with calf ring unless there, there is a problem you know so it was really interesting just talking to you know a group of women for five minutes and one lady going god you've just made it sound so simple I'm like, well, it is. It has to be because you're just too busy. So we just, it's this, this and this. And it's just really straight, easy clinical pictures to follow. And this is what we do, you know. But they're just, yeah, it would be a good thing. I say, often say to my marketing lady, she has to follow me around for a weekend, you know, on the farm, you know, and then that, that, that would be good. 
that would be great and just post yeah. them up on instagram and uh yeah that would be great i really would yeah. honestly i think it would be a big deal it'd be really really good tracy i was going to talk to you about the fact that you are also not just a homeopath for cows but also humans so you are a human homeopath so do you actually get time to to see patients as such yeah, yeah, we do actually. So with the business, the way Tenika had it, she really kind of um, focused on the animal side more so. Um, and I actually trained my, you know, as a human homeopath initially. And I saw Tenika in my third year of training, and she came to the college to you know teach us for a weekend. And I thought, oh, that's that would be more my interest, you know, with, with the cows. And so I worked for Tenika for a few years actually just a day a week but we were just so busy over that period we were growing from you know 700 cows to 900 and eventually 1200 so it was and I had three kind of younger kids then so it was hard to kind of keep that up so I did a couple of years and then left it and kind of came back and full time on the dairy farm as such but um yeah, so the human side is good, you know, I enjoyed that because often you're sitting there with a girlfriend chatting away and you think, oh, that could be helpful, you know, but the animals is probably where it was at and I went back a few years later uh, once I did my human training and, and did the animal side and just cross-credited. But with the practice as such at Terrell, no, we definitely see humans um, because obviously you start treating their animals and then, you know, people start telling you about themselves or their children or or something. So, yeah, we just, just fit that in. That, that's not too hard. You know, it's just consults and, and things like that. Um, just do a bit of both, really, because it, it's hard not to, isn't it? Because you're, mm. you're kind of talking to them about something and then, the conversation goes on and something comes up and you think, well, just take a bit of this. And they go, oh, can I use those remedies for us? Totally, totally. You know? So, yeah, so it goes hand in hand. It's been really good. And even with my own children, you know, like, um, yeah, it's just you can stop a doctor's visit. You, you seriously can. And even just, yeah. No, it's interesting because the more people that you're – can kind of get to know and associate with you know like they there's so many little issues out there that homeopathy just addresses so well and so easy so it gives them a real confidence in what they've chosen is going to have that result you know especially when it comes to little kids and things like that so yeah no it just goes hand in hand to take I'm, I'm actually pleased that I did the six years of training to you know have, have both sides because it yeah I feel it gives you a little bit more um value hmm it is hard when you're actually training. Of course it is. And six years is a long time. But now looking back, it's such a short period of time, actually, to what can you, what you've achieved in, in a short period of time uh, subsequently. Because when it comes to illnesses um, in cows, of course, or, or animals, that can be quite, um, quite a troublesome time. And it can obviously be a very costly time as well, a very sad time. And now... To be in this position where you're thinking, oh, do you know what? This is what they need now. And this is let me do this and let me do that. And yeah. and you make up so much time, don't you? You actually make that time up yeah. because you become more efficient, more professional, yeah. more streamlined. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, like you do the training, but the real learning you know, it really starts when you start treating, you know, your animals or, or, or the people, you know, you've got the basis there, but you're, and even I'm still so kind of new to it as opposed to what other people, you know, the experience that they have and, and even just finding your way with the world that you're finding yourself in and understanding like there's, we've got to change tracks a bit. We've got to be able to bring in different kind of um 
yeah, all the combination remedies, even looking at different potencies now, bringing it back to more, you know, the three Cs, the six Cs, things like that. You know, we were trained very uh, classical and I, I don't really kind of stick to that now, you know, which is great. You know, there's no kind of rules in, in that sense, but um, yeah, it's certainly, um, it's it's quite good because it is, it's challenging, you know, it's challenging, but it, it's rewarding. And we, when you get some really good cases and you see some really good results, it just makes the cases that you know that you're really kind of battling with different, you know, approaches or different layers. It just makes makes you realise that you've just got to keep going because you, you will get there. And often I skill my guys up and to say, look, you know, just got to get rid of one kind of scenario and see what happens underneath. Um, and even like, because, you know, you're dealing with mastitis or lots of groups of cows or it's just start with one, kind of start with this remedy and then a certain amount of animals will go, then we'll go to the next and things like that. It, it's it's interesting. It always keeps your mind active, doesn't it? You, you, from what you've said, it seems to be, you know, being switched on 24-7. So I'm going to ask you, do you actually get any time for any hobbies? Or is, <laughs> is dairy farming your hobby? Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking that. I don't actually probably have any hobbies as such. I don't know. I don't know what my hobbies are. I don't really. <laughs> that sounds a bit boring. <laughs> I'll give time. you a hobby. I'll give you a hobby, <laughs> which is um, do do those videos. That's that's a hobby, isn't it? Yeah, that can become a hobby, yeah. and uh, and I think you'll be a you'll be a uh, as far as homeopathy and farming is concerned, you'll be an internet sensation. I know. I promote it on one of my podcasts too. Yeah, no, my daughter, she comes with me with, um, you know, carving because all the, you know, children love the animals and that. And so she was kind of doing videos. But, you know, when you haven't been brought up with social media and then all of a sudden you, 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 you don't see what you're, um, what you're actually doing. All you go is, oh, oh my hat's a bit funny. Or, oh, no, I don't like, have I got cash <laughs> on my face? You know, so you start to kind of, oh, no, don't post that. You know, whereas the children, like back at that, they just post anything, you know, selfies. and But it just hasn't been our era. But I have to kind of get over that because it would be good. Tracy, it's been an absolute delight and pleasure to have you on the Homeopathy Health Podcast today. Honestly, it's I've, I've loved uh, talking to you. Tracy Simpson, thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me, Arte. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like and on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like. So let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together. Don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab. Here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far. And of course, you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile, tablet or PC. Until next time, stay safe and take care.